Here you are, you decide you want to heal. You want to give back your life. You buy the do-it-yourself program and get started. Then all of a sudden, a week into the work, you just don't feel like doing it anymore. Or you find that doing the work makes you feel bad. So you put it all away and say, yep, this is how it always goes. Nothing ever works for me. Another chunk of money wasted. Back to square one. If this sounds like you, then I can guarantee that you're experiencing resistance. It's super common anytime you want to make change in your life, and it's no different when you're attempting to heal. But there is a reason why it's happening, and it's back to that one and only place, the subconscious mind. In today's episode, I will be discussing the top signs that you're experiencing resistance to healing, why it happens, and what you can do about it so you can get back your life and health. Are you ready to stop the overwhelm and frustration and instead simplify your healing? I'm Jenny Peterson, a mind-body coach who helps those with chronic illness and pain get back their life and health using their subconscious mind. If you're serious about getting back your life and health, it's time to put focus on the one area that will help you get there, the subconscious mind. Join me each week for candid conversations about simplifying your healing, success stories of those that I've worked with, and the how-tos of healing with your subconscious mind. Welcome, my friends, to the ninth episode of the Simplify Your Healing podcast. Today, I am talking all about resistance. I'll be discussing what I've observed from talking with people on my discovery calls and working with students when it comes to resistance. First of all, let's first define what is resistance. It's a form of self-sabotage that occurs when you undermine your own progress, whether consciously or subconsciously. In the case of healing, resistance is when you feel like you have hit a wall. Here you are, you decide you want to heal. You want to get back your life. Consciously, you say, this is what I want. But for some reason, you can't take action. Or you take action and you don't stick with it. It feels as if there's something inside of you that is not on board with your desire. There is an inner conflict. Now, some people are not aware of their resistance to heal. They don't see what is happening as resistance or subconscious pattern. They just think that what is happening is out of luck or they accept it as truth. As a coach, resistance will sound like excuses from a student, but those excuses are not the real reason to why a person is resisting. There's always something deeper. It's an opportunity for me to dig deeper, to truly find out what is at the root of the resistance because the excuses are just the surface stuff. So what do you need to know about resistance? Well, you need to know when you start to make any kind of change to yourself, you will always come across subconscious resistance. For example, have you ever tried to become healthier and started exercising and eating right with, you know, all this enthusiasm and motivation? But after a while, you begin to find excuses for returning to your old habits. If you can remain true to your decision to stay healthy, you may find that you become ill or get an injury that prevents you from continuing to exercise. Or you may find that you experience an increase in stress that results in your being too tired to cook and then you're ordering out instead of cooking. So this is a classic example of your mind just throwing up resistance. Your subconscious mind is like a child and the beliefs that you formed from birth are supposed to keep you safe. And it doesn't matter if those beliefs are beneficial or harmful to you. The point is that the subconscious mind will hold on to them for dear life when you're trying to consciously change your habits. Our survival, as far as the subconscious mind is concerned, relies on maintaining the status quo. And change is risky. 
and poses a threat to survival. So the subconscious mind is designed to do whatever it takes to keep things as they are. So let's go through some examples of resistance, starting with the resistance that I see before a person even decides to start a healing protocol. And this is where we're going to see the most resistance is just to start it. Once they start it, there is some resistance that comes into play, but most of resistance will start before you even start something or when you just start and you know it's, it's a short period of time and you haven't put a lot of time into it and all of a sudden resistance shows up. It's going to show up mostly in the beginning when you're trying to get things started because that's when you're trying to start something new. So one example is if you're saying, I don't have time. And this really isn't true because we can make time for anything that we want in our life that's important. If you have kids, you can make time for them. If you ever wanted to get a degree, you made the time to go back to school. So why is time an issue now that you want to heal? Now, there are underlying reasons for this resistance, and it's not a time issue. It could be that the person feels that they may fail or that on an even deeper level that they're not important. And this will vary from person to person, but in the case of not having enough time, it's not true. And there's a deeper issue to this excuse of not enough time. But by saying it, it's definitely a sign of resistance. There's something underlying that statement of, I don't have enough time. There is either a fear of failure or um, a belief about yourself that ultimately, I don't have enough time is really the surface thing, the things that come up. Like when you're talking with somebody or having an argument with somebody, it's just surface stuff that is coming up, that is showing up, that is really just like not the root of the issue of why you're upset. And the, the time isn't the root of the issue of why you're not doing it. There's something deeper than that. It's deeper on a, on a belief level, on a fear level, and it's going to vary from person to person. But just so you know, if you hear yourself saying, I don't have time, that that is resistance and uncovering that resistance is what you're going to need to do in order to move forward. So number two, if you're predetermining what will work for you and what won't, questions like, does this program do this? Does this program do visualization? Does this program do meditation? Does this program think about happy memories? They're just trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work for them. And now I know that everyone is different. But this isn't about everyone being different. This is about assuming that these things have done something bad to them or that their brain is different or that they require a different protocol for healing. And when it comes down to it is we all heal from the mind in the same way. If we are working on our physical ailments from a subconscious level, the tools that are required to do that are basically the same for everybody. It's not going to be different. And this is really about um, a person is maybe has experienced these type of mind-body techniques before and didn't really get good results. It usually comes from someone that's tried a certain technique and didn't feel good afterwards or simply did too much too fast. Now, my question to someone that might be avoiding certain techniques, certain mind-body techniques or subconscious techniques would be, how do you know that those techniques didn't work for you? And most of the time, the answer to that is because of a reaction that they've had in the past after doing it, which again, always goes back to education about the mind-body connection and the reactions that may happen when doing the work, which I also have talked about in previous episodes about why you feel worse before you feel better. And when you start to do this work, what happens and why your body goes through that. Most mind-body techniques are safe and able to be done by everyone. There's very little exception to that. 
But what this is really about is a lack of education. This lack of education before people start mind-body techniques gives a bad rap to this kind of work. The truth is, is that when you start doing mind-body work, you may feel worse before you feel better. You may feel worse after you start doing it. And if no one educates you on why this happens, then you will assume that the technique is what is the problem when actually this feeling worse means that what you are doing in some ways may have shifted things. It's actually working. And if you did too much at one time, it may have shifted things too quickly, which can also cause a reaction as well. So not enough people understand the power behind mind-body work. They don't think that it can cause physical changes like a pill can. But in fact, it can. You are doing brain surgery every time you start implementing mind-body work. And if you go in trying to rewire it all in one day, you're going to have a reaction. Rather than trying to dissect a program or protocol and control what techniques you want or can or can't do, I suggest you go in with an open mind. You don't go into a mechanic and tell them how to fix your car. The same goes for healing. If you're trying to avoid certain techniques, that is a sure sign that there is resistance or sometimes just a lack of understanding how the brain and body are connected and why doing these techniques that you're trying to avoid may cause the effects that you have experienced. It's just about typically education, why it's happening in the first place, and the technique itself is usually not the problem. It's a lack of knowing why the body does what it does once you start to clean up the subconscious or start doing any type of mind-body techniques. All right, the third sign of resistance is if you are already thinking or worrying that a protocol will not work before you even get started. Now, a common question that I get is, what happens if I do this and after six months, it doesn't work? This is the subconscious trying to keep you safe because all past attempts haven't worked on some level for you or that's what you feel. And although this may sound like it's about the program not working or fear of it not working, underlying this is a lack of trust about themselves. As you can hear, a lot of these a lot of these resistance examples are oftentimes just surface stuff. It's not really the root of the issue. We always have to go deeper than that. So when somebody says, this is the reason I can't do it, that's just the surface. And we have to dig deeper than that and find the really the root of it. And in the case of resistance, because they're scared about things working or not working in the future, it's because there is a, there's a lack of trust about themselves, possibly a fear of failure. Uh, they possibly fear that they won't do it right or possibly fail. Also, this is a classic pattern of a fear-based brain that always is looking to the future as being bad or scary. It's been wired to look for negative out of trying to keep you safe by already assuming that after you do the work, you're not going to be well or need additional help. Your subconscious is resisting moving forward due to its past references of your past attempts and possibly other events in your life where things didn't work out. It's also resisting based off of the underlying fear of the future that you're sending it. So again, this is all about what are you telling yourself about the future? And this resistance is coming from the subconscious saying, um, you've been giving us messages that the future is really scary. So we don't want to move forward. So we're just going to stay right here. So again, this is all about what we have programmed our subconscious about our future. We're in control of that. And if we keep telling it that this, that the future is scary, then that's what it's going to assume. And it's also going to act upon that. So resistance is going to come into play with that. 
So this is a very common one because of those with chronic illness. They don't look to the future as being something they're excited for. They keep having these mental pictures that are really bad about the future. And ultimately, because the subconscious doesn't know the difference between real or imaginary, it takes it as it's the real deal. Like this is what what's going to happen in the future. And it's going to make a choice of staying sick rather than moving forward. So that is another uh, big sign of resistance is you're already thinking that when you start a protocol, it's not going to work. Or when you're doing it, you're thinking the same thing. All right. So sign of resistance number four is if you're saying, I can't start right away. I need for this to happen. Like I need my kids to move out. I need another test from the doctor or my, my spouse to leave or my spouse to do this to happen all first before I can make changes. As if when those something else happens, you are all of a sudden going to be ready. And this is a true sign of procrastination, which underlying procrastination is obviously resistance. And what we choose to procrastinate on has an underlying fear or belief connected to it. There's a good reason your subconscious is not wanting you to move forward. And it has nothing to do with bad timing, even though it may consciously feel that way. Have you ever said to yourself, when this happens, I'll be able to do this? For an example, when I when I get a different job, I'll be happy. That is saying that the job is responsible for your happiness, which isn't true. You're the only one responsible for your happiness. And the same thing goes for your healing. None of these other outside things are responsible for your healing. You can start healing or doing the work today, this minute, without waiting for the other things in your life to shift or line up to make it feel more ideal. Because essentially, that time will never happen. You'll keep looking for the perfect time to start. And there's no perfect time to start besides now. All right, so the fifth sign, the fifth sign of resistance is that you're bouncing from program to program or starting and then stopping. I see so much of this. People are looking for the next shiny object, the next best thing, the program that this person said got results for your specific symptoms. This jumping from one thing to another or starting and not finishing something is most likely a pattern that has been in your life for a while. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. If in the past you can identify patterns of starting something and not finishing it, this is how your brain operates. It's an automatic program in your brain. And as soon as something makes you uncomfortable, bores you, you go to the next thing, never finishing what you started. And for some reason, your subconscious thinks that finishing something isn't safe. And on a conscious level, it might be that you say that the program isn't working or it's not the right one for you. But really, this is just the conscious talking. The subconscious is the one that is really directing this. There's something within the subconscious that says finishing this is uncomfortable or I've hit discomfort and I don't like discomfort. So I'm going to go to something that doesn't feel so uncomfortable, which means you go to another program and the beginning of usually a program isn't uncomfortable. And it's not until you start doing the work that it starts to get uncomfortable. So you get into it and then realize that there's not so much fun things or that it's not comfortable or your brain starts to throw up resistance. And then you go to another thing. Again, we're just going from one thing to another because things are comfortable doing that rather than being uncomfortable. And here's the deal. If you want to heal, if you want anything in your life to change, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So it's definitely a sign of resistance if you're bouncing from one program to another because ultimately you're hitting this wall of being uncomfortable and the subconscious goes, let's get out of here. This is this is not a safe place. We're out. 
All right, so the sixth sign of resistance is that you're blaming people or situations for what is happening in your life. You blame your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, whoever, for why you do what you are doing or why your life is or your health is the way that it is. You use old memories or events in your life that happen as reasons for not making change, thinking that there is nothing that you can do about your past. Now, this is coming from a victim mindset, and if you want to heal, you must decide to take personal responsibility for your life and ultimately take the role of being the victor rather than the victim. You are responsible for your health, your healing, your life, and your emotions. Only you can take charge of yourself and choose how to respond. Whatever has happened to you doesn't have to define you or be your identity. Those stories all have wisdom within them, actually, that will help assist you with your healing, if you choose to see that. So this is all about letting go of the blame and looking at yourself within yourself that you've got the power to change your life and that no one outside of you is controlling or no situations are controlling whether you can heal or you can't heal. You are the only one that can determine that. So when we go from being a victim to a victor, things majorly shift. And I see that with my students all the time is the shift from being a victim to a victor and they take back their power. They take back their health and they take back their life when they switch from that victim to victor. So no one outside of you is to blame for what has happened. You may have had some things happen that, yes, you had no control of, but now it's your responsibility to move forward from those experiences and grow from them. Now, for the resistance that I see when a person is doing the work, like I said, most of the resistance happens before the work even starts because they're just resisting even getting started or just starting and then, you know, very shortly, quickly stopping. But I do see sometimes resistance happen, especially for those that are in my program, because we get into the big stuff. So while students are in the MBR program, myself and my coaches are able to see when a student hits resistance right away because of the system that we have for our students. The accountability system that we have lets us see when they get behind. And when they do, there is usually resistance connected to it. And that is the beauty of working with the coach is if you hit resistance, they can call you out on it and help you work through it rather than count on yourself to pull you through the resistance, which honestly doesn't have a very good success rate because the pathways of resistance are usually pretty strong. And it takes a good eye to see what is underlying these excuses that we say, like I said, is the surface stuff. We have to have a good eye or good awareness to understand what is underneath that surface. What is really the deep root here that is the cause of the resistance? All right. So what I see the most is, is you find yourself not being motivated to do the work. So you said yes to the program or you started a program and you said yes to the work, but now all of a sudden after doing it for a little while, you feel resistance to do it. You find maybe reasons not to do it or you put it off later in the day or you find yourself literally wanting to do anything and everything else but the work. You know, the cleaning out the garage that you never ever wanted to do before, you're now saying, I want to clean out the garage. (laughs) That's a sure sign that you're resisting. So this lack of motivation is a good sign of resistance and most likely has some deeper connections, like I said, to it. There's also always a deeper connection to it. I find that our students are very motivated in the beginning of, of the program and doing the work, but then around day 25 is when we get into doing some of the projects in the program and I see a shift in motivation. And it's very normal because it's a sure sign that 
the brain knows, oh shit, (laughs) change is coming and it's going to do its very best to basically try and stay comfortable. And the project time of the program is where we get into the deep work and the subconscious goes in kicking and screaming. It's where it gets uncomfortable. Again, this is where having a coach has major benefits to help pull you through that because when resistance hits, when when you're in the middle of doing work, it is the time when people stop doing the work. They quit. And having someone to help hold your hand and pull you through that resistance is just a, a complete game changer when it comes to your healing. So if you're cruising along doing the work and all of a sudden you don't want to do it, you can bet that the subconscious is saying, yep, we're hitting the big stuff. Let's get the heck out of here. But when I see this, I do get excited. I get excited as a coach because this means big healing is around the corner. And we just need to take a little time to address that resistance and the students will be back on track, actually excited then to do the work. They'll realize, yes, that was what was getting in the way. I'm taking personal responsibility with that and I'm going to take back my power, not allow that subconscious to be running the show. And everything is put out in front of them you know, of this is all of what is getting in the way of your healing. This is subconsciously what's trying to keep you safe. And it makes sense. But do we want that to win or do you do you want to say who's in charge? And it puts us in a really good position to be able to take our personal power back to making changes. And the last thing that I see is laziness. It is the last form of resistance that I want to talk about. It's important to talk about because Everyone, basically, you know, the American dream that everybody has of just this easy healing, you know, just pop a pill, um, the simple solutions for these complex problems that we have can work against you if you let it. You know, self-exploration and healing are not easy work. They require effort. They require discipline. They require paying attention to your thoughts, feelings, and ideas. This takes patience, it takes skill, it takes courage and mental energy, and this feels like too much work for some people. And so it's easier to just keep doing what feels easier, the easy stuff, the quick fixes. So it's easier to just keep doing what feels easier, staying stuck where you are. And if you want lasting healing, you must be willing to do the hard work. It doesn't mean that you have to do it all alone, but you have to be willing to do it. No one else can do it for you. You know, there are so many programs out there that offer, you know, some type of brain work. And uh, there are a lot of ones that are surface level. I'm just going to tell you that right now. They are very surface level. They don't get to the root of the the issues on a subconscious level and recognizing these old patterns that need to be addressed. And that, in my opinion, is easy work. And a lot of people can do that. But ultimately, it's not that kind of work that gets long-lasting results because surface work is only surface work. It's like cutting just the top of the weed off and not pulling out the root. If you want to pull out the root, you got to get to the root of the issues. And the root of the issues is the shit from the past that you have in your subconscious that is playing every day. The patterns in your brain that have been programmed your entire life. And that requires digging in and finding those patterns. And when you change those patterns... Everything else will change. Not surface level work just does not go deep enough to do that. The laziness part of this is really about do you want to do the hard work and get long-term results or do you want to take the easy way out and have short-term results and end up doing this and taking a lot longer than necessary to heal because we're not getting to the root of the issue. That's where you have the choice of putting in the hard work or taking the easy way out. 
So let's talk about hidden benefits. I've just talked about the signs of resistance, all the examples of resistance that I see. Why is this resistance showing up? What's the underlying root to it? So like I mentioned, your subconscious is trying to keep you safe. And these examples are the conscious behaviors that you are doing that represent resistance. But there's an underlying subconscious benefit that is driving it. That's what we call hidden benefits or secondary gains. And those hidden benefits are unconscious motivators that reward you for holding on to your problems. In other words, your subconscious thinks that staying sick is much safer than getting well. So for everyone, their hidden benefits are different. And I see, you know, with the amount of students that have gone through my program, we have an abundance of a list of uh, secondary gains, hidden benefits that people have. It's going to vary from person to person. But there are some common things that do show up that I can see from student to student. And maybe some of these you'll resonate with, but just know that everybody is different. And without actually sitting down and doing this work to figure out the root uh, cause of your resistance, we're not going to be able to know yours specifically. That's how to figure out yours specifically is by sitting down and doing the work to determine what is the underlying resistance. The things that I have, the examples that I have are just examples of the most common ones that I see. The first one that I see is fear of losing the identity of being sick. People don't know who they are outside of their illness. They may have been sick for years and they just don't know who they are outside of that. And that's scary to them. That's scary to the subconscious mind. Who the heck are we without this illness? We've got to work around that of who are you? Who are Who is that person within you that is just dying to get out and be alive again? And so this fear of losing the identity of being sick is a big common one that I see. Another one is getting a job or making your own money. Another one that maybe you've been sick for a long time. You don't know what it's like to go back to work or you're scared to be able to make money again. That is a good hidden benefit to staying sick is you don't have to go get a job because you can stay at home. It's much easier than that way than getting uncomfortable of trying to figure out how to make your own money. Uh, feeling overwhelmed by getting your life back. So that was a one for me is if I get my life back, if I am healthy again, am I going to do too much? Am I going to burn myself out? Am I going to go back to those old patterns? Am I going to get overwhelmed from being a mom, having a business, um, and doing all these things that I think I need to be doing? And so that was one for me that obviously I had to overcome. Judgment from family or having to set boundaries with family. Very common boundary issues always show up usually in payoff somewhere. Either it's setting boundaries with yourself or setting boundaries with others. Boundaries is a major component to healing and we do address that in the program as well as in the healing lab. Fear of failing. Another one is, you know, what if this fails? What if I don't do this right? Um, so a lot of perfectionists are have chronic illness and this perfectionism is uh, there's a downside to it, obviously, because it, it really that influences their healing because they ultimately are in fear, fear of failure. So it's easier to be sick than actually fail. Failing is much scarier to the subconscious than it is being sick. And lastly, no longer getting attention from family, friends, or anyone around you. Attention has its benefits. And if it's benefiting you in some way while you're sick, um, to be getting attention that you normally wouldn't be getting if you were well, that's that's a gain. That is a gain in the sense of the subconscious mind. And so these are some examples that I see. Again, they might not be related to what you have as a hidden benefit, but I can probably bet that one of them that I just described 
you can relate to, but um, you definitely want to identify your own to determine what's getting in the way of your healing, what's underlying that root of resistance. And in my in the Mind Body Rewire program, we help identify that and work clients through that. And in the healing lab, I also give you the tools to also identify this on your own. So what can you do about your resistance? You basically, in my opinion, have three options. Number one, you can give in to it. This, of course, will ensure that you maintain your problems as they are. And you may try something else, but you will experience the same kind of subconscious resistance as soon as you get close to real change. If you give into it, it's just going to continue to win. So that's your first option is giving into it. Second is push through uh, the resistance with force and determination. This will most likely cause an increase in your symptoms, in your stress, and it's just not a good idea for you to do because it's going to make things much worse for you before they get better. It is very important to be very gentle with yourself. Remember, your subconscious is resisting the change out of fear, and you cannot force fear out of someone. Fear needs to be calmed. So this option is not a suggestion of mine, and the subconscious needs to be reassured and told change is safe so that it can move forward. Force is not going to work in the case of trying to overcome this. Really, we need to go and talk to the subconscious like it's a little child and reassure it that it's safe. Now, the third option is the most effective, and that is to take action. Determine what is at the root of your resistance and do something about it. And how do you do that? Well, one way is to ask yourself, if I get well, what will I have to do that is scary or uncomfortable? And the answer to that is the subconscious resistance then you want to reassure the subconscious that doing that thing that is so scary isn't scary. So here's the deal. Your subconscious isn't sabotaging you. It's actually protecting you. It's doing its job. But what is sabotaging your healing is your conscious mind. By not addressing the resistance, you are consciously making a choice to let those old programs win. If you want things to change in your life, it's your job to figure out what is within the subconscious that is getting in the way of your healing. It's your job to take personal responsibility for the programs that you're holding and to do something about it. Resistance is actually a sign that you are really on the right track. It's a sign that you're actually going in the right direction because essentially you're trying to change up old brain patterns and it's noticing. So it's trying to go back to the old. It's a true sign that changes are coming ahead. Now, simply put, the closer you get to real change, the more subconscious resistance you may experience. So what would it look and feel like if, I don't know, you started like today? What if it actually worked? Listen, the reason you haven't started yet is due to resistance. It's not your fault. Your brain doesn't want to do something new. That's it. But just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it isn't your responsibility to do something about it. By starting right now, you'll actually be starting your healing by stepping up and telling your subconscious who's boss. If you can see yourself in these signs of resistance, then it's up to you to take action. So if you like what you heard today and you want to continue learning how to keep healing simple by focusing on your subconscious mind, then please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to bringing you more information to simplify your healing next week.